We're going through a series um, titled Faith Over Fear. And we've looked at a lot of stories in Scripture from week to week through this series that bring truth. Truth about who it is that God is in the midst of, of very difficult situations, in the midst of situations where, where things seem impossible. Everybody's taking stock. They're looking around and there are worries and there are doubts and there are fears that rise up. God speaks. And he asks each and every one of us when we're in the midst of those moments to really believe that he is who he says he is. And we looked at that stories about facing the unknown, choosing faith over the fear of the unknown, choosing faith over fear of being in danger of being hurt, to choose faith over fear when illness comes, to choose faith over fear when we're feeling unloved or like nobody has forgiven us for something that we've done. All kinds of fears exist in the world, and today we're going to look at another one that God addresses. I would submit to you that this particular fear is something that culture seeks to cultivate each and every day in us. It's relentless. It's all over the place. In fact, all of, of marketing is really based on it. Fears of, of not being enough. Fears that you're the wrong shape or the wrong size. They are not tall enough or you're too tall. Fears that you're not smart enough or you're not personable enough. Fears that you're not strong enough or fast enough. Fears that you are not enough. And followers of Jesus Christ, Satan's hard at work trying to convince you that you are not enough. Whatever that means, your giftedness, the way that he's blessed you, put you together, knit you together in your mother's womb, that you are not enough and that you don't pray enough and you don't know enough about who it is that God is. But he speaks and he says, you are, you have great worth. You're enough because I'm enough. Do you believe it? You choose faith over fear. Today we're going to look at a story about David. Maybe some of you know of him. David was a shepherd boy who became a king. In fact, he became the most powerful person on the face of the earth. The time that he lived. Everyone look at a defining moment for David when he fought Goliath. It was a moment to either shrink back in fear or to choose faith over it. We're going to read 1 Samuel 17, verses 40 to 49, but I want to share a few things about context. So important to get there to understand what's happening and what's going on. 
So if you'd start to read at the start of chapter 17, you'd, you'd understand a few things about what is happening as David walks down into the valley. That's where we're going to pick up the story. And the one thing that you really need to hear and know is that nobody believed in David. Nobody. There were tens of thousands of soldiers, and, and they were fighting against the Philistine army. And they had been assembled. Um, they were at the Valley of Elah. There's the valley. There's two ridges. And so picture that. There's up on the ridges, up on top of the valley, there's tens of thousands of soldiers each side. David's dad sent David because three of David's brothers were gathered there. They were part of the army of Israel. And so the, the valleys uh, is there, the, the armies are assembled. But this is what happened. For, for 40 days, day and night, think about this, 80 times, a Philistine soldier named Goliath went down into the valley and he stood and he turned and he faced the Israeli army. And you know what he said? You're not enough. I, I want anybody to come here and fight me. And I'll tear him apart. He defied every soldier in the Israeli camp. He defied the whole army. And he also defied their God. It just so happens that that morning, David arrives early enough to hear the challenge ringing out from the valley below. And David says, what is this? He said, I'll go and fight him, paraphrasing a little. He says that in earshot of his oldest brother, Eliab, verse 28, you can read it. Eliab is irritated. He says to David, you are conceited. Why don't you go back and tend those few sheep that my father has given you to look over? Eliab didn't believe that David was enough. Word spread. I'm sure every soldier thought the same thing. Who is this guy, really? I mean, they'd been there 80 days. Didn't have the guts or the courage or the faith to go down and face Goliath, but yet they're very critical of David. Then David, word gets around, he goes before King Saul. Verse 33 what is it that Saul says as soon as he sees David? Do you remember? You can't go. You are not enough. He didn't say you're not enough. You're just a boy, really. See, I want you to understand before we read this passage that everybody Everybody didn't believe that David was enough. No one believed in David except himself. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you will be. Open up your hearts and hear the truth that God has for you this morning. Starting at verse 40, chapter 17. 
Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Don't miss this. Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give the flesh of the, your flesh to the birds of the air and beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. This is the word of God. Might it be written on your heart, lived in your life. Again, I ask you to get into the story to be there, maybe up on the ridge, maybe down in the valley. We pick this up when David starts to go down into the valley. Tens of thousands again on each side, looking down, Goliath's already there. He's been defiant, and he just stands there. See, that's part of the the, the whole intimidation factor, right? I'm just going to stand here and let you see me. There's a lot um, in, in this chapter that defines who it is that Goliath is. You've got to go earlier in the chapter, verses 4 to 7. Um, and maybe you've heard of who Goliath was or what was going on, but I, you really need to see Goliath too. Goliath was just a a terrifying specimen of a human being. Verses 4 to 7 say he was over 9 foot tall. Now, I'm under 6, so just start adding. It also says that he was a champion. In other words, battle tested a warrior. He had fought everybody's best and killed them. So if you're over nine foot tall, if you do weight charts and you're in prime and good shape, you're 350 to 400 pounds of muscle. That's the physical frame. And then there's so much more, right? He's got a helmet on. He's got on armor that weighed just as much or more than David, 125 pounds worth. He's got leg armor on. That's so that nobody could literally cut the feet out from underneath him. He's got leg armor on from his feet to his knees. Armor that starts there goes up. He's got a javelin swung over his back. 
He's got a huge sword strapped to his waist. And he's got a spear in his hand, and, and it really describes that. The tip of the spear is uh, 60 pounds. Do we have any bow hunters here this morning along with me? Yeah, the average broadhead uh, on an arrow when you shoot it at a deer is 120 to, um, 100 to about 125 grams. Some people use different weights. That's three to four ounces. The tip of the spear that Goliath had in his hand was over 60 times heavier than the average broadhead that's on the end of an arrow. This is a really big guy. And then there's David. In the words of those that doubted him, a mere boy, a shepherd. He's got a staff. He walks down with a staff. He's got a shepherd pouch and he's got a sling. He doesn't have any armor. He doesn't have a sword. He doesn't have a javelin. He doesn't have a spear. Are you seeing this? It is a huge mismatch. It is a huge mismatch. Something that Goliath would discover in just moments. David didn't go into that valley alone. He goes down and he picks out five stones out of the stream. Can you, can you imagine as he's starting to make his way down? Remember, 40 days, 80 times, day and night, Goliath had issued this challenge. Nobody had come. Can you imagine Goliath's surprise? He's standing there thinking, yeah, they're shaking in their boots, and they were. Can you imagine his surprise when David starts to make his way down the hillside? What? Who is stupid and foolish enough to come down here? And he's probably just shocked and surprised. He's looking at it and he's thinking, and he, so he starts to move closer. He's just trying to figure it out. Who, who is this? And you know what he's expecting, right? He's expecting a, a soldier, a warrior. He's expecting the best that Israel has to offer, a battle-tested vet. But that's not who he sees. He walks closer and closer. And then, and then he sees David. And he is enraged. angry instantly. <laughs> you, you are insulting me. Really? You're a little boy. And I am going to tear you apart from limb to limb. Remember what I said not to miss as I was reading the passage, and the Philistine cursed David by who? By his gods. Everybody's got gods. He's angry. He's furious. He's livid. And he yells that out to David. Come here. Come here. 
I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And here it is. Did you see the words? Did you read it? Did you got them open? Are you looking? Verse 40. This is the truth that God has for you this morning. This is what he wants you to hear. David's response. David choosing faith over fear. I'll read them for you one more time. He uses his, the, the, the giant's own words against him. And look at what he says at the very start. This is so important. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, does he say, I'll tear you apart? No. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. That's why David knew it was a mismatch. David knew God. David knew um, if you're just going to look at him and you're going to look at Goliath, just like all the other soldiers, tens of thousands, just like Saul, he knew who you were going to pick. He knew that you would think that he's not enough. But that didn't concern David. See, David knew God. And he knew that because God had made promises to him and he believed in God, that that was all that he needed. He knew that God was enough. And he chooses to believe that. I mean, these words are his personal testimony. And there's something that's really important to see in all of them. And, and as, as you deal with your Goliath, have you named it yet? Do you see it? What is your Goliath? What makes you feel like you're not enough or you're inadequate or you're a failure? Incapable. When David says that, see, all of the soldiers, do you understand this? All of the soldiers and the king had reduced things. They were looking at Goliath. And I know I've shared it a number of times when you're thinking about truth. As we went through this series, so often we get fixated on, on what we see and what we touch and what we feel. And that's how we have doubts and that's how we have worries and that's how we have fears and that's why we say and do what we do. We get caught up in that and, and, and David doesn't go there. David sees one thing and one thing alone, God. He sees that this is bigger. It's a much bigger picture than him and Goliath. This is about God. This is about Goliath defying the Lord. And he says, enough because God is enough. 
today you're going to find that out. And he did. See, God rewarded David with a stunning victory. You read um, in verse 48 that the Philistines started to move closer to David. What is it that David does? Does he flinch? Does he turn around and run? Does he even move forward with caution? No. So David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him. David wasn't afraid. And this is just really incredible. So as this is unfolding, remember all of the soldiers standing on the ridges and they're watching. David starts to run towards them and simultaneously he's reaching into the pouch. He's getting a a stone in his sling and he's starting to whip it. And he gets close enough. I don't know how close he had to be. And he lets it go. And hits him, bam, right in the middle of the forehead. With such force, it sinks into his head. Goliath, think about this, your reactions. It kills him instantly, and he falls face down with a thud. This whole battle that in the eyes of some was this huge mismatch was over in mere seconds. And I think about that moment, and I think about all of the ones that didn't have the courage, that didn't have the faith, and I think about myself in those moments. Just imagine the stone flies, Goliath falls. Can you imagine the, what they're thinking? <sighs> Disbelief. It's a stunning victory. David runs over and he stands over him and we know what he did. I'll spare you the details. And then I think there's just this, this, I don't know how long. Maybe it was 30 seconds. Maybe it was a minute. This was so stunning. This victory of God, it was so stunning. They, they couldn't believe it. But then all of a sudden, if you can pitch yourself, if you can be there up on the ridge, of the Israelite army. There is this wave that sweeps through the army. A wave of joy, of celebration. A joy of, 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 and a spirit of confidence. They rush down the hill. And on the other side, the hearts are melted in fear. They're like, ah! And they turn and they run. And the Israelite army pursues them in exactly what David said happened. But he gave glory to God. Do you see that? He saw that this was about the Lord, not about him. And dear friends, unless we see that, we'll always have worries and fears. But God wants you to know that you are enough because he is enough. He wants you to choose faith over fear. He wants you to know 
who he created you in your mother's womb to be. He wants you to know that he created you, he redeemed you, he gifted you, and he called you to be. And that's all you need. You don't need a sword. You don't need a javelin. You just need God. And that God will give you the faith and the confidence to face your giants and experience victory. I want you to process that while you hear the words of the song. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we come before you as people that need to know you more. 
that need, O Lord, to choose faith over fear. So many things that you've spoken to throughout this entire series, so many examples and truth in your word, and yet another one this morning. Lord, we praise you for being enough. We praise you for being our God. Lord, I praise you for each and every heart that's heard what you've said this morning. And will face their fears with faith. In your name I pray.